I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have the depth of compassion and empathy because what that taught me was I began to root for the underdog, right? If anybody's struggling, if anybody's having a hard time, they know that like I have their back because I know what that feels like to be at the bottom. I know what it feels like to be the throwaway human, right? Dirty little black boy that nobody cares about that they throw into some class and never take me out. Never like ask ourselves, is this guy? Okay, maybe he's not good at English or math, but what else is he good at? There's seven different intelligences, right? So the point of that story is all of that is why I'm a multimillionaire. All of that is why I was able to charm and seduce my wife. All of that is why I'm such a good dad to my children. All of that is why I'm such a good coach is because I was gifted. Welcome to Conversations with Claire. I'm your host, Claire Bates. I'm a movement, nutrition, and mindset coach through my app, Wellness with Claire. Podcast host, coach at The Collective in Austin, Texas, sober alcoholic, brand builder, and competitive hybrid athlete. I've created this podcast to share inspiring stories and have meaningful conversations in hopes that we can create community together to learn and grow. Oh, and I hope to make you laugh. (laughs) Welcome to Conversations with Claire. Let's talk about coaching and how to get from where you are now to where you want to be. Wellness with Claire is my very own coaching platform where I offer personalized meal plans, personalized workout plans based on your goals, accountability through community and weekly group coaching calls, mindset coaching and tracking features for results. I also offer one-on-one coaching, which gives you full app access, direct access to me via WhatsApp, and 100% accountability with me, including weekly video calls. Wellness is a mental, physical, and spiritual experience. The system works together as a whole, and I'm here to help you live in alignment with your principles and values and actualize a quality of life beyond your current dreams. Check the show notes or the links in bios on socials to find more information about how to get involved with Wellness with Claire today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Claire. (laughs) Rastafari, let's go. You already made this the coolest intro. (laughs) That's great. All right, guys. Well, uh, that's officially the best intro that we've had so far. So thank you for that. That is my guest today, Preston Smiles. Welcome, Preston. Thank you for saying yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for being such a light in the world. Ugh. Thank you for showing up for yourself, for humanity. Thank you for being disciplined enough that it turns into discipline and you make what um, for many people is the scariest, hardest thing in the world. You make it look easy and mm-hmm. you make it look fun. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first time I met you, and saw you at the gym, you commented on my shoes or something like that. You're like, cool shoes, dude. I like the color or something like that. And I was like, I was like, thank you. And I, I just was like, ah, oh, this is a person who exudes joy and love. And, you know, we always find each other. I love that. This is so great because 
the way that I open episodes is with a bit of intro about who you are and then also like the how we met. Mm -hmm. And now you just, you did it. Great. Do you want to run the show? I kind of want you to because I'm going to love it. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So you are a coach and you coach people to grow their businesses with their online webinars over 100,000K, 100 thousand there we go mm-hmm. <laughs> uh you're also a an international speaker and you are a podcaster and an author and a father and a husband father of twins which is quite a an endeavor i i haven't tried it but it seems like it's probably <laughs> a lot I've got friends that do it and and it looks blissful and also challenging <laughs> mm, very so you've got a lot going on in life and then the how we met for me is exactly that like I I had started to discover you online here and there and your content definitely it just draws people in I mean you just I feel like through a screen it's kind of a unique thing to be able to deliver information that's wildly impactful but like calm people down Mm. like and, and I mean you deliver information like education to people but the way that you deliver it, like everybody's going to hear that through this episode so abundantly clearly, which is why I'm mm. so excited to have you on. Like they're just going to get it if they haven't already. But yeah, it just, uh, it was like, whoa, like I feel, I feel peaceful walking away from that. Mm. And in a world where so much of the time peaceful is the last thing anybody's feeling, yes. that's a cool impact to have. And so anyway, yes, we met at the gym in real life and certainly like that all just checked out in person too. And we've got a mutual friend, Cody, that introduced us and I got to meet your wife briefly, which she is a total babe. So (laughs) anyway, that's the how we met. So let's see, I do, I think I want to kind of honestly just start back with like, I I read online that you at age 33 Mm -hmm. moved back in with your mom. Yes. And you were not thriving. You were running a coaching business at that time mm-hmm. on the struggle bus. Very, very much so. So and let's just go there. Yeah, just to sort of clarify something. I wear many hats. I call myself a conscious entrepreneur. Um, I started as a uh, personal freedom coach and uh, went through one of the longest, <laughs> most treacherous journeys you can go through Um uh, with being broke most of the time, um, but recognizing that I had medicine on my heart, right? I was clear, you know, that there was something for me to give to this world. And I just didn't understand the path. And so many other things that I loved were easy in that way, where it was like, oh, you go to school, if you want to be a lawyer, you go to, you know, you graduate high school, you go to college, you go get into law school, and then you go out and you become a lawyer. Well, to um, thrive as a coach, there is no blueprint for most people. Mm, And so uh, I just sort of like scratched my way around. And I had this moment in 2013 where, you know, I was 33 and I just met the woman of my dreams, who's now my wife at the... (laughs) Total uh, babe. Yes. (laughs) And she had all these like rich guys after her and they all wanted to marry her too. She was just like, you know... um, and I had this rec- recognition of like, if it's going to happen, I'm going to need to humble myself and take some steps back. And so what I teach people often is elevation requires separation, right? In, in order to truly elevate, we must separate from that which is no longer serving us. Um, and what 
served us to the point that we're at is not wrong, bad, or to be shamed. It just no longer works for where we're going. Mm. And so I had a conversation with myself that was like, hey, bro, you're awesome. And it's still not working. Mm. It's not working for what you desire. And there's something um, that you can no longer ignore. And it's your time to go pro. And if you're going to fall, you need to fall forward. If you're going to fail, fail on your terms. And so I've reached out to my mom and I said, hey, I just, I just need a couple months. And she said, come back for a year. Come back for six months. Come back for however long you need because I got you. And in that time, I went and got support. I got coaches to coach me, to mm -hmm. help me. Um, I started looking at the trauma and the shame and how my mom and dad's money blueprint was factoring in to why I kept sabotaging. I started looking at how I was placed in special, special education um, when I was eight years old and I graduated high school in special education. And so the story I made up about myself at eight was yeah. still operating at 33, which is that I'm dumb, that I'm less than, that I'm not as smart as everyone else. And so, of course, my identity, the mask that I had been wearing, the persona that I was operating from was like a gas break to the universe, right? My, my truth is that God, universe, Krishna, Buddha, Allah, source, divine intelligence is only and always saying yes every single time. Mm. Yes. Now, the question is, is how are we asking? So this, taking this in, it feels like, like an, I, I don't know what else to say other than like an enlightened state of being. Mm -hmm. How <laughs> did Ish. we get there, right? I mean, if you, <laughs> it's such a broad question, mm -hmm. but I mean, you do, I feel, it, it appears as though you operate from your principles and values in life. Ish. Ish to all of that, right? So it wasn't in an immediate enlightened state. Right. Aristotle said it best when he said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but a habit. Yeah. Right? So I had to start looking at my doing habits and my not doing habits. Right? I love that. I, anybody can look at you and know what your doing habits are. Mm -hmm. We can know what you're not doing habits are. Sure. Right. And so I had to start looking at what am I when I go to buy a, a cup of coffee, what's happening? Right. And I started noticing that I would clench up and there was all of this scarcity and this lack and this limitation. And then I started asking myself once again, if the universe, God is only always saying yes. Right. What am I conveying right now? Because I can't have what I want but I may experience what I'm have, having right now, uh -huh. right? So what am I having right now? I'm having scarcity. I'm, having, I'm, I'm projecting into the future based on some past, mm -hmm. but the past is deleted, it's distorted, it's generalized because I've never starved. Right, right. And like you said, that was like baked in from there was potentially some scarcity mindset that yes. you grew up with. Yes. And so it checks out that that's what you carried into your adult life. Yes. Because that's how we do things until we realize that those things are not serving us. Yes. So around this time, Preston starts to get unstuck. Mm -hmm. What did Preston do? I mean, how did, like, so 
did you just become suddenly like you just had this awareness of all of a sudden, okay, you know what? No, my higher power, this being, uh, is saying yes. So why am I not saying yes? And then what are, I guess just to, to make that because it can feel far enough out to an individual that if we don't make it practical, no one knows what to do with it. I got you. And that's your job. Yes. <laughs> so I'm not asking you to do anything you, you don't know how to do, but let's make that practical. Yes. So I'll talk about some of the principles, the the ways of being, some of the practical things I did every day that produced what I'm experiencing now. Because just to finish that story off, yeah. um, in 2012, I made $36,000 that year. Uh, at the end of 2013, I made 150,000. The next year, 300. The next year, 600,000. The next year, 1 million. And I haven't stopped since. Now, 10 years later, uh, my mom, who's 70 years old, I just bought her her first ever brand new house out here in Austin. And she's like a giddy school girl. She's so happy. She's having so much fun. She's like a super Virgo. And so she's like cleaning up and like changing the wall colors and all that kind of stuff. And so just to sort of finish that story off before I tell you what I did, uh. because the moment I understood the principles, I've just been repeating them ever since. Yep. Right. I went from making 36,000 a year to now I'm, you know, in the two, three million every single year, no matter what. I, I don't I do want you to play out the story. I also just have to say what you just told me. I didn't hear any shame. Mm hmm. And I am so proud of you and happy for you mm -hmm. that you were able to just say this, 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 these, you know, because so often with money, people feel shame when they do well, they feel shame. And so the fact that you're able to like, not, uh, I'm so grateful for that for you because your capacity for impact expanded as your income did. And I'm so, that just makes me happy for you. Carry on. <laughs> yes, exactly that. And that's some of, some of what had to occur for me, which is an understanding that um, life is a game of receptivity. Um, said differently, um, how open, how willing are we to receive that which is already here, right? Um, and so for me, I, I moved the needle on my receptivity. And how I did that was, these are a few practical things. Number one was I celebrated everything. I just added a culture of celebration to me. And what most people don't understand is that there's four aspects of what it means to be human. We are biological beings. Number two, we are linguistic beings. Mm. Number three, we are social and historical beings born into beliefs and interpretations. And number four, we are quantum beings. I understood that linguistically, right? You speak what you seek until you see what you said. Right? I began to speak into existence and speaking things into existence ha would have a biological effect. Mm. I would declare that life is good and then I would feel it. Right, And so all of these things were playing into each other and the, um, the cells of my body started to dance and feel better and I, I reversed my aging. I started to look younger. I had more energy, vitality and um, you know, we are at some level divine magnets, right? Each and every one of us can feel the energy uh, of each other. Yeah, right? absolutely. And so, so true. everything is vibrating. And so I, now I'm vibrating in the, the frequency of celebration. Yeah. And this is my truth. It doesn't have to be anyone else's, but what I have come to understand is that spirit can only do for you what it can do through you. And so our job is to become 
receptive. Our job is to become uh, living, breathing vessels for light, for love, for God's love, right? And so celebration, one. Um, one of the ways that I did that was I used to set these alarms. And every time the alarm golf went off, I'd call them my joy alarms. Every time the, the alarm went off in my phone, I would burst into spontaneous joy, right? reasonless joy. And that became obviously infectious, right? And it created space for creativity. So I could see things differently because of the joy, right? Number two, I implemented play. I decided that, okay, life is long and beautiful and it can be short and tragic. If it ends soon, I want to go out having fun. So now we're, we're talking about celebration. We're talking about play. We're talking about speaking things into existence. And then number four, which I already spoke to, was uh, elevation requires separation. This is where I had to actually take a honest inventory of everything. Mm. Okay, so who am I hanging out with? And are they leading me towards that which I desire? Or, or are they, just by way of them being them, keeping me stagnant where I am or taking me further away. Mm -hmm. And so I had to have two major conversations. One was with my beautiful father, God rest his soul. I shared with him, hey, I'm gonna need to step away for a few weeks, months. And uh, the reason for that is because I, there's something big on my heart, daddy, and I gotta go. I can't, you and I do this thing and we get wrapped up in each other's energies and I just need to, I need some space. Mm. And he took it really well. Um, the other conversation was with my best friend, Brown. Um, and at the time he was, you know, out in Hollywood, drinking, smoking, wearing black eyeliner and just like in the club, like just like vampire style. And yeah. I was like, bro, I can't do this. It didn't resonate with and you. And that, right? Yeah. And so I separated from some of my friend groups. I separated from the, some of the ways I was eating. I separated from the gossip and the things that I was um, entangling myself with mm. and created energetic space for something else. Yeah. And so that's, that's four of many things that I did to start that process. I think that's so powerful. I think the power of inventory is such a, a topic that I don't know is addressed sufficiently. Clearly, it's not because we all need to do more of it. But I think one of the things with the inventory is do the inventory, right? Become aware that you're dissatisfied in some way with your own disposition, with things surrounding you, whatever. Do the inventory. Take a real hard look at it. Put it down on paper. But then the cool thing about inventory is like we keep doing inventory. Yes. And that's kind of one of the like trip ups I feel is like people get into a good spot or a better spot. They do some inventory, they do some work, life gets better yes. and they get comfy. That. And the moment that we rest on all of those things that got us there, then it's like, oh shit. We're, and I mean, I'm not saying this from a position of power in any way, because guess what? You know, I, I, I get it because I am it mm -hmm. <laughs> of, of, I will start to try to take some of that power back and try to do whatever and rest on certain habits of my life and the moment I rest on them then I look around and I'm dissatisfied and go oh you did that yes beautiful thing is I have the gift of a higher power today and I can pray about it and do something about it and open that channel back up and go to work yes and so we got tools we got resources yes. we didn't always have those in ending those relationships or in putting space in between you and those people I'm kind of just as I'm taking in what you're saying I'm hearing a constant theme of, of how are we, how are you dealing with 
shame Mm -hmm. because it is like baked into our society that like you are supposed to feel shame about if you don't want a close relationship with a family member or a pre you know the people you grew up with versus the people you know whatever those things the money thing I touched on earlier like it sounds like you maybe have some good tools to deal with that that you know I'm just curious what what are your thoughts on that Absolutely. There's, I mean, shame is probably the biggest sort of invisible killer throughout all of society. It touches absolutely everything and it starts very, very early. Mm. I was having a chat about this uh, earlier today, just speaking to how there's so many people walking around in adult bodies who are still uh, truly, you know, frozen arrested development at seven, eight, nine years old, mm-hmm. right? There's so many people who were uh, sexually exploring themselves with their cousin in the bathtub and mommy and daddy or somebody saw it and shamed them and they freeze, they froze in that moment and have it come back out. There's so many people who grew up in households where the parents were so stressed out or so, um, you know, in their own experience that those children became chameleons and adapted and became out of the way kids or entertainers or whatever the case may be. But all of those things are still baked in at some level toxic shame. And so the name of the game, the name of the game is recognizing where we still hold shame and then shining a light on it. Shame can only stay and be shame when it's in a dark closet, mm-hmm. right? When it's hidden. Shame conceals, guilt reveals, right? And so uh, what I would suggest, and this is what I did, the fifth thing I did was I sought out support. I stopped trying to do it by myself, mm. right? I'm now in a position where I have extremely rich friends. And I, I mean, I'm at, in some ways at the top and I see what they do. They help each other. Right? They just help each other and the, the, the wealthiest friends I have, not rich, the wealthiest friends I have are usually the most humble. They're mm-hmm. the ones that say, I don't got it. You do. You got a part of it. Right? You got that fitness part. I don't got that. Yeah. Right? Oh, or you got that part. I don't got that. Right? And they allow themselves to be led. Right? They allow themselves to be affected by each other, which tells me just by way of that, that they are... Um, They've worked on that part of their shame. I find that people who struggle with shame, whether they're consciously aware of it or not, are still believing in this sort of bootstrapping American idea where you do it all by yourself. Sure. Um, Yeah, shame and trauma are like close cousins. Yeah. Um, And most people think of trauma as like blunt trauma like car accidents, fires, Acute fights. situations, yes. sure. Um, but really there's all these complex traumas like you're, um, you outshining your sister, right? Uh, in a, uh, or getting better grades or whatever the case may be. That mm-hmm. can instantly have somebody back up because they don't want to hurt their sister. Sure. Right? So you learn how to put a governor on and sort of suppress that which is truly one's light and that is a form of trauma right Mm -hmm. i have friends whose dads used to say oh you know dancing is for faggots right and even though those guys aren't particularly gay just the 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 judgment yeah of this attachment figure their father caused them to never dance again yep yeah in my in my uh familial history there was actually like my father's uh 
family growing up said that a dancing foot and a praying knee do not grow on the same leg. Mm. You know, those aren't, that's not that many generations ago. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so thankfully I was allowed to dance, mm-hmm. but mm. nonetheless, that is interesting to, to think about. We're not that far from those experiences. So you allowed others to help you, which then leads me into the topic of connection, right? And and it's such a topic I'm so fascinated by because I, being at you know nearly 31 years of age, has <laughs> given me enough life that I've done the thing where I hide away in my shame and I don't talk to other people about it because I don't yet know how essential that is to my survival, much less thriving, yes. which like, fuck surviving sorry let's thrive (laughs) um but so then what (laughs) i got a little fired up yes so with with connection then how do you feel about that because also you are protecting your energy you know Mm -hmm. i i got to have a conversation with someone briefly last night and it was like protect your yes yes right so like every time you say yes to something you say no to something else so being aware of that and protecting the yes but also knowing that connecting and, and another thing that's just been kind of toying on my mind with this topic recently is, you know, I want to make sure that I connect deeply <clears throat> with those individuals who truly support me. Mm. And then I still want to positively impact. Like I want to do the best I can with that. Right. Cause like yes. what a gift to have an opportunity to do that to one individual, much less, much less a hundred thousands, hundreds of thousands, et cetera but also like the connection with those people who are supporting me back, like they deserve to get more and just trying to understand how important that is and to lean on them. And so anyway, I don't know, I clearly, I got a lot going on in my brain about connection, but what are, what are your thoughts about connection? And then as a, a coach, how do you approach that topic with individuals? Yeah. Um, well, we're social beings, right? We need each other. We're born, right? Period. From a womb. <laughs> right into community. Mm -hmm. And so of course, connection is gonna be at the top of that list at some level, right? The connection or the lack thereof can cause deep levels of trauma and deep levels of shame. And so reintegrating, right? One's um, grief must be felt in connection with others. Otherwise Mm -hmm. it's hidden and it, it will never release itself. So everything has to do with each other and we rely on each other, we truly do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's so much about that particular subject, but what I want to point to something you said is, you know, the idea that the the giving must be reciprocal, right? This this idea you're feeding me, so I want to feed you right back, uh-huh. and um, that's an awesome way to view it. And I'm just going to share how I view it as well. Yeah. So for me, I give a lot, mm-hmm. like extraordinarily amounts of of giving mm-hmm. and i almost never expect that giving to come back from the same person that gave it to me mm. i expect it to come back because i understand that nothing in the universe is static that everything is always moving shifting and changing and as long as i'm participating in the flow of and the currency of the universe it's coming back yeah right i understand that the fruit doesn't belong to the tree it belongs to the ecosystem mm-hmm. and so as long as i'm continuously giving of my fruit right let's say i'm an apple tree and every time an apple comes up i say here take it rabbits humans everybody worms take it take it right i know that that energy is circulating back no matter what 
And so out of, uh, you know, let's call it 8 billion people on the planet, if somebody finds their way into your space, even you and I, mm -hmm. I don't take it for granted, mm -hmm. right? It, it, this is a miracle. This is out of all the people, out of all the times you could have been on the planet, mm -hmm. out of all the gyms you could have worked out at, out of all the things that could have occurred five years ago to set you up to be in a position where you could be having a podcast and leading and coaching some of the biggest names in this space, that's not per chance. Right. Right. So I just say yes to that which is occurring because I understand that everything is divine at some level, right? Even the stuff that feels heavy and the connections. I have connections with people that have hurt me bad, mm -hmm. right? My wife was, was robbed and, and raped at gunpoint. She has a connection with that being. I have a connection with that being, right? There's, there's so many things. I've seen people die bloody deaths. I've had my, my, my friends, you know, been with them when they've been shot, right? All of it, for me, is an opportunity to remember who and what I am. All of it is an opportunity to reflect and reveal God's love in only the way that I can. Uh -huh. In any given moment, in any given circumstance, right? We, we humans have this thing that occurs in us where we try to label things good and bad, right and wrong. And, you know, my personality will agree, right? Abusing children, wrong. That's for my personality. And who's to say? Mm. Who's to say, right? If you drank alcohol in the 1920s, that was considered wrong. Mm -hmm. You were bad and you were a sinner. Now, you could go to church, drink a beer, go watch the Super Bowl, then come back, and you're all good. Mm -hmm. So what was wrong in the 1920s is now right in 2022, 23. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting thing to take note of. And so for me, I just don't believe in mistakes. I don't believe in mistakes at all. The woman who started Mothers Against Drunk Driving, Candace Leitner, I'm sure she would love to have her daughter back. And how many people's lives have been saved because her daughter chose to incarnate up to 14 years old, get hit by a drunk driver, and go back to where she came from? Mm. Yeah. Have you always been a spiritual person? Yes and no. Yes, because there's no way to be outside of that. And no, in the sense that I was deeply bamboozled by the, uh, the, the, the way of certain systems. I used to be an extreme Christian, like extreme Bible beating, shaming everyone kind of Christian. I also used to be a you know, cheating, lying, misogynist, sort of like predator sexual dude who just wanted to like have sex with as many women as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, everything in between. I, I joined a gang when I was very young. I started smoking weed when I was 11 years old. I've just lived so many lifetimes. Mm. You know, people come to my workshops and, and you know, th there'll be an 18-year-old kid, you know, and then there'll be a 75-year-old woman. And both of them see me and experience my heart and my the, the deep well of wisdom because of the life experiences, because of how deep I've gone in my own experience and, and brought myself out and also coached hundreds of thousands of people. 
You know, I've been leading workshops for the last eight years all over the world. Trauma, shame-based workshops, allowing people, giving people an opportunity to uh, free themselves. And what I say in those workshops often is what imprisons us also points to our freedom. So the very thing that you're hiding, the very thing that you don't want to talk about, the very thing that the, 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 the herpes or the... the, the um, Abortion, the, the abortion, the, yeah. the, the, the you yelling at your kids or you X, Y, and Z, all of that that you've been hiding is actually the key to your freedom. And so people come to my workshops to, to, to let go of it. Go, oh my oh, gosh. My yeah. If you get the opportunity, this thing that's got a grip on you to that what you said earlier, you need to shine the light on it. If you've been given the opportunity to go shine a light on something that you need to shine light on, what a gift. Yes, Absolutely. And oh. it takes a lot of courage. It, yeah. it takes a lot of courage to do what you're doing. You put yourself in the line of fire mm -hmm. on many levels. Mm -hmm. And in the, the humility piece of that, of like, I just very much understand, like I'm, I'm along in this ride, right? And so like, I have ways of thinking that were baked in at a young age that still need work. And I have things that I've been taught that I think make sense. And then later I realize maybe they don't. And like, so I'm just along <laughs> on the ride, trying to pick up the things that I can and do the best that we can. Because like I said, what's occurred over the last year is all of a sudden I have a small at this time platform, but a platform nonetheless mm. that feels as though if I'm going to be given the opportunity to potentially have what feels like positive impact, do the best that you can with it. Yes. Uh, it, it but also knowing that, that I'm not just going to knock it out of the park every time, you know, we're just going to do the best we can and hang out with people like you and simply just gain awareness. Yes. You know what I mean? Just, just, okay, let me take in your perspective and see what resonates with me and what I can use. Uh uh, to hopefully positively impact my own disposition in life and way to navigate life. And then maybe share some of that with other people as this has just kind of just been plopped in my lap. Okay. I guess we're doing this thing, you know, yes. coaching. It's funny. I fought it. I did not. I, I, I said, no, I said, no, I said, no, I did not want to coach. And so the fact that I'm a coach now is hilarious, but, but it feels so appropriate at this time. And, and I think a lot of those knows at those times where I was not ready. Correct. That. <clears throat> and, and so that's okay too, yes. you know? And, and so now I feel ready, but also need to learn a lot. Yes. So it's interesting because ready is not a feeling, it's a decision. And, and I would, I would debate that you weren't ready. You were being prepared. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. Right. It was, it, oftentimes the ego will ask for something, right? It'll write a check that it, it, the mouth can't cash. Right. Yeah. It's like, I want to be at the top. Give me this, and you're not <laughs> actually ready. Like you, you haven't built a somatic body that can hold that, right? Mm -hmm. Right. I look at you and your muscles, and you're like, you know, your steadfastness. There's no way that you you just get there overnight. Right? right. You've been building a somatic body. You've been building. There's compounding interest, right? You probably don't, even though you do, you probably don't have to work as hard as I would have to work to look like you. Right, because it's already sitting there. It's already you've already built the body. Just like from a coaching perspective, right? Since 2013 to right now, I have n done nothing else but that. I have been coaching, leading workshops, leading groups, right? So I've built a somatic body that can hold that right. and then some, right? And right. so, life is not linear; it's cyclical. Uh huh. Right? And we all we, we in the Bible they say, and the first. And the last shall be first, right? We always, we're just doing like that. It's all seasons. Right. right? So 
I, I just, I guess that's giving space to the growth that's giving space to that journey. And if, cause there are just so many people just feel like lost. I don't know what they're, you know, but they feel lost and maybe they're not lost. Right. But like, maybe they feel that way. And, and so what would you say to that person? I'd say I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say there's no way to be off purpose. Right. I'd say there's no way to actually be lost. Mm. Um, you know, if you find yourself doing something or experiencing something, you have two options. One, you can complain to the cows come home and experience more energy around that. Uh, that may not feel good for you. Or two, you can decide to make a plan um, based on your limited perception to go somewhere or do something else. But while you're there, choose to appreciate what is mm. one of the biggest things that i operate from is what you appreciate appreciates right what we focus on expands mm -hmm. and so if i'm going to focus on something i'm going to focus on something that feels good to me mm -hmm. right i'm going to look for the positivity in in this current scenario and we've been fed very early this idea you know, I remember being nine, 10 years old and I'd hear the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And baked in that question denotes this idea that there's one thing that I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. Right. And so mm -hmm. when I don't, when I don't, when I fall short of this one thing that I want to be, then I may have a conversation or a story about myself that I'm not good enough or that I don't measure up to my cousin or to the guys on the internet who, who did get there. Right. Well, that is at some level a middle finger to, to what is occurring and to what is being asked of me, right? Um, I share this often and not as like a competitive thing, but like Jay Shetty has millions of followers. I have a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. If, we, if, if those followers actually like, if we compared them and it was like a fight, mine would win every time. And the reason for that is they love me. They don't yeah. just like me. People either hate me or they're like, I would freaking go to war with that dude, right? And so most coaches think they have to be Jay Shetty in order to be, you know, impactful. Just like you said earlier, it's small, right? You talked about your platform. <laughs> Who knows, right? <laughs> Is one conversation that transforms somebody's thinking that then enters their family, enters their children, enters their workspace, enters everywhere they go. Is that small? Can no. we really measure that? Absolutely not. Yeah, and the, the real connection that's actually there, the the value within that, you know, yeah. Oh, that's that's great. That's great. You're doing God's work. For thought. Yeah, that's such a cool gift to have been given, to have, to have recognized, oh my goodness, I, there is actually this higher power in my life that like, I want to just, I don't, I don't want to control the thing anymore because I really make messes. And so can you just control the thing, please? And I'll just Take like, the wheel. you know, yeah, no, that's, so I did this workshop not long ago. Uh, and, and there was this financial that I did not plan to go here, but it's interesting. Um, so there was this financial wellness portion of it. And so it was an interesting experiment, experiment, uh, uh, I don't know. Anyway, so each individual in the classroom took the shape, took the physical shape of their relationship with money. Mm. Okay. Yes. So it was a group of women mm -hmm. and three, two, one, go, we take shape. The whole room, almost the whole room is taking the shape of fear. Mm. 
mm. of shame. I mean, they, they are literally, they are laying on the ground. They are curling up in balls. They are tucking away and hiding from it, putting, shielding themselves from it, or literally just, I mean, opening themselves up as if they've been taken complete advantage of. Yes. And they're, they, they are just, they've been raped, you know? Mm. And that's, uh, I, maybe I can put that more eloquently, but that's what it looked like. Yes. I stood in the shape of a funnel, both directions, mm -hmm. arms open up top, legs wide down bottom mm. and the amount of shame that I felt in that room mm. for thinking, Oh my God. And don't get me wrong. This past year I have spent more than I've made mm -hmm. and it's not been a financially successful year necessarily, but I'm on a mission and I, I believe in this. <laughs> so it's okay. Thankfully I came from a successful career. You know, I, I thought this through, yes. but either way we're in the red. Okay. Anyway. So, um, but I viewed myself as a, like a funnel. Right. And so I just, I'm like, and then they had us take shape of what we would like our relationship with money to look like. And there's just something so powerful about people being able mm -hmm. to do that in front of other humans. Yes. It was really cool. And, uh, and so my funnel on each side just got bigger. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I guess I'll just stand wider and you know, so then I'm, but there's this weird feeling of, I'm so grateful mm -hmm. that I feel like I am simply a channel for yes. this, Yes. but I feel ashamed that I get to experience this relationship with money and you don't. Mm -hmm. And so what, what can we do about that? It was just a very interesting experiment. Yes. And so then I think about this spirituality thing and the, the God thing and doing God's work. And yes. I feel the same. I feel like, you know what, the more work you do to open up that top of the funnel, the more is going to fall out the bottom. And yes. I'm just this little thing right here, and, yes. you know, and that's such a neat concept. Let me jump in on this just for yeah. a minute. So, so there is this, this is a true story. There is this dog, uh, that was pregnant that got hit by a car um, and you know, rushed to the hospital, to the vet, the vet, and they saved the dog and they saved the puppies. And uh, the dog goes back to its owner and they have the puppies and the dog's legs are amputated. So this mama dog has to walk around on just her front feet. She lost the back. Okay. The puppies, start doing the same the puppies are completely healthy their black legs work but because they see their mother walking in that way mm -hmm. they do the same now the moral of this story and this is a real story is that our job those of us who know those of us who are closer to the light it is our job to be walking talking living demonstrations of what is possible so when I look back i don't look back and go oh they're screwed right and you don't get to either and i know you didn't see it that way yeah i get to say ah they get to see mm -hmm. just even in a snapshot yep that somebody in this room somebody who has a feminine body was in ownership in that moment yeah Oof, right now everybody's awakened uh claire stood in in proxy for for that which our mothers and mothers and mothers and mothers could not do because of the social and historical programming that has occurred yep. because of the abuse that has been pushed at and propagated towards women over hundreds of years so claire in that moment stood for something 
right? That is so beautiful. And yeah. that is literally what I do every day. Right. That's putting into practice everything you're saying right now, you know, of, of literally just saying, I, I get it. You know, if I'm going to have the opportunity to do it, that's so cool. And, and, and yeah, to be an example, if you can look at it that way, then it is a gift. It's a gift to yourself, certainly to get to feel that way. And then hopefully to inspire others to yes. look outside of the limited window that they've been looking through. Yes. So this just came up while you were speaking earlier for me of, of my, another question for you is the topic of forgiveness mm -hmm. and how you personally navigate that because forgiving someone in your life for not being who you wanted them to be. One of the biggest topics that we deal with all the time is our parents. Yes. We all always think they should have done it slightly differently or better. And at the end of the day, they're human too. And so we're always like working for the rest of our lives to like undo what was done there and then forgive if we can. And so that's an example or forgive yourself those actions you took when you were a younger man who was, you know, living in a way that you don't, don't fall in alignment with who you are today. Yes. You got to forgive yourself for that. Um, forgiveness is such an interesting topic because it's a, it, for me, I feel like it's a revisit. It's a revisit. It's a revisit. It's ongoing. I don't ever get to just forgive and walk away. It feels like I got to come back to it with mm. that same individual and like, Oh, we're going to do this again. Yes. And, but the gift is freedom from it. And so it's worthwhile. So for my perspective, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're nailing it. I think that um, using, you know, let's talk about an apple, right? Since I talk, I said I was an apple tree. I love um, it. You know, if we had an apple right here, there's there's really only two ways to get to the core, right? This apple would not just be an apple. This is an orchard, right? This apple and the seeds inside of this apple could produce hundreds of more trees. But there's only two ways to get to it. One way is we cut to it, right? Mm -hmm. We cut right to it. Mm -hmm. Cutting to it is um, tapping into forgiveness, right? Tapping into deep knowing, tapping into celebration, tapping into uh, allowing oneself to be present to what is and dancing in that energy. Rotting to it is the other way. We can cut to it or we can rot to it. Most people unconsciously rot and how they do that is they hold on to uh, past regressions and regrets. They hold on to what happened when they, you know, uh, were harmed by their ex-boyfriend in college or whatever the case may be. And that doesn't hurt the person as much as it hurts you. And so forgiveness is not specifically for them. It is, it is a reclaiming. Right. Because as humans, we do this thing where we place blame. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's easier to place blame mm -hmm. than it is to take responsibility. Mm -hmm. So I place the blame over here. You hurt me. You hurt me. Mm -hmm. Right. As I've been, you know, with my wife, we've been married seven years. We've been together 10 and all of our fights are that it's me going into victimhood. It's her going to victimhood and placing blame. Right. Well, this is only happening because of you. Right. Now, most people, especially spiritual types and, con and uh, conscious types, even that, they would, they would beat themselves up for placing blame. I don't. The name of the game is not to like, not do that. The name of the game is to catch it faster and repair. 
Mm. How do we repair? We repair by forgiving. We repair by taking responsibility. We repair by looking at and asking ourselves, if I'm going to project, if I'm going to project onto this thing, why not do it in such a way where I'm prophesying something that feels good to me? Right? So, because most people pull from the past, right? And they sprinkle it all over the now. And then they, they take that and all that yucky, mucky energy. Mm-hmm. And then they projected into the future and so for example for me i look at the la unified school district for a very long time i hated them and i blamed them for why i had such a hard time in life i blamed my parents for putting me for allowing them to put me in special education because yes i'm crazy but like i just want you to imagine claire you as an eight-year-old being put in a class with children who are like literally have Asperger's and are completely like on the spectrum, mm-hmm. right? I'm not that and no shame towards them, not at all. but they missed big time. And so I used to be so mad at them. And now that's, that was me placing blame. Now I look at that same scenario and I go, I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the depth of um, compassion and empathy because what that taught me was I began to root for the underdog, right? If anybody's struggling, if anybody's having a hard time, they know that like I have their back because yeah. I know what that feels like to be at the bottom. Yeah. I know what it feels like to be the throwaway human, right? Dirty little black boy that nobody cares about that they throw into some class and never take me out. Never like ask ourselves, is this guy okay, maybe he's not good at English or math, but what else is he good at? There's seven different intelligences, right? So the point of that story is all of that is why I'm a multimillionaire. All of that is why I was able to charm and, and seduce my wife. All of that is why I'm such a good dad to my, my, my children. All of that is why I'm such a good coach is because I was gifted, right? We think about the blessings that God bestows on us. And we only think about the car and my kids are healthy and my X and Y and my Z and X. But what about, what if that's a blessing? The adversity is such a blessing. (laughs) What what if God's blessings aren't just the things that we think are good? Right. Right. But it's all of it. Oh my gosh. What, uh, yeah. What transformed my life was my grandmother who had the largest hand raised me died Mm. suddenly. Mm -hmm. And I picked her up off the floor. Yes. And then I lost it uh with substances uh that did it you know so if we look at the biggest gift i've been given in life to date was her (laughs) it was her existence yes and then her sudden passing and the the impact that that had the adversity that i had to deal with through the substance abuse and then of course behavior that i carried through those experiences and trauma that i racked up uh by my own actions (laughs) uh yeah it's just it's and i think that that, that's my story right but like everyone has their own version and so then being able to identify that oh my gosh this adversity is is it gets to be a gift and what i've heard also through all of this is like you taking agency Mm -hmm. back of no longer blame instead i can have ownership of this i'm going to go to this event i'm going to go to this workshop we're going to work through this shame this thing that i've been talking over here but it's truly ruling my life we're going to put it out in the open and now i get to be what i 
was intended to be. That, that. And, and I'm never off track of that, mm. but there are layers and levels to it. Yeah. Right. Cause, yeah. cause the idea in, in the Western mind is there's this mountaintop I'm going to get to. And for me, I, I no longer even swim in that. Yeah. Right? And I, rem I know that an unhappy journey will never produce a happy ending. Right. So if I am str struggle busing the whole way, it's not going to produce at the top of the mountain, some happy ending. This has to be in alignment for this to even land. And when this lands, you'd be awesome, right? I've, I've wanted a G-Wagon for like 15 years. They're such a cool car. Right? And, <laughs> that, and then I got one. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And it's just another toy. It's like the Ninja Turtle. It didn't actually make, you didn't go like comfy, cozy, cuddle it at night. <laughs> I did not. It didn't make you feel love. Yes, it's just <laughs> another thing. Yeah. Just like this sweater, right? I became a yes to this sweater. I'm a yes to these shoes. Yeah. I'm a yes to these rings. Also, you're so swaggy, so I love your style. Keep it up. I appreciate that. I know that that is a form of like artistic representation of you, and I, like I love it. Like I, I, I'm, it's that's got to be one of the coolest things about having moved to Austin is people express themselves with what they wear, and yes. like I don't give a shit if it's two cents or two thousand dollars or whatever. I don't even know any better at this point. <laughs> I tell my boss at Collective all the time. I'm like, I'm like the hood rat kid that they just let in. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just learning how to behave. I love it. I but, love it. but either way, like it's a cool form of expression. Anyway, thank you. You do it well. <laughs> I receive that. And th this is the last piece I want to say, and I know we got to wrap up. Um, what's true for me is this understanding that the body is a living library that stores everything we've ever been through. And um, in real estate, they talk about location, 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 right? And um, the more I forgive, the more I let go of what I thought I should have been, the, the more I'm present to what is, the more loving I am, the more space, energetic real estate I have in my body. And every time we face off with shame, trauma, guilt, it's like pulling out a piece of um, something that no longer serves you out of the body, mm -hmm. right? There's a freedom that occurs. Mm -hmm. uh, I know people who, who do lift weights and do all these things, but they're still rigid. Mm -hmm. There's something, they're, they're not free. You can see it, mm -hmm. right? So our job is to free ourselves, mm -hmm. right? There's no one specific particular path. I never want to take anybody's God from them. I never want to take anybody's modality from them. Whatever works for you works for you. Mm -hmm. But the name of the game is to get that the body remembers what the mind forgets and your body is begging. The soul already knows. The soul is complete. The soul has no work to do. The moment we leave these bodies, the soul goes, got it. We were already doing this. Mm -hmm. right? But while we're in these skin suits and we have these minds and these bodies that are lining up with, these, with this soul, our job is to free ourselves to the degree that we can so be, we can be the living demonstrations of love mm -hmm. to me that's the one truth love love is all there is love is all there was and love is all there will be yeah what a beautiful way to live i have to also ask what is what is next for you like what do you you know you've you've built a successful business you've continued to like you now have a, a seven-year marriage you have children like there are so many things that that uh, you get to be proud of that you've accomplished in life but there's more to be done mm -hmm. and so what does that feel like look like for you you know i i try not to be too deep in the knowing okay i i 
Martin Luther King said in a speech once, I don't have to know, I just have to know the knower. Mm-hmm. And that's true for me too. Mm-hmm. Um, in, the, in the Vedas, they talk about sitting in it until it's charming. Right? Don't make a decision until it's like yes or no. Mm. Right? And so I'm, I'm just watching. Right now it's, it's about leading these workshops. I have a community called Sanctuary. That's an online community. It's a spiritual community meets life coaching. Super easy, super low ticket. Just anybody could join it. I love supporting people there. Uh, I have a group program called uh, The Abundance Reset where I teach people how to come back into right alignment with not just money, but just abundance across the board. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I do these workshops called the bridge experience. So it's bridgeexperience.com, game changer, but all of it for me, you know, I don't care if anybody works with me Mm. in particular. Yeah. I just care that you, you lean in, you lean forward and you do your best to be the best version of you in this lifetime because we're all in this thing together truly. Um, and, the more lit up, the more on fire, the more loving each of us is, the more that that touches the cows and the dolphins and the water and everything gets affected by our love and our light. And so that's our job. Mm-hmm. I need to go to a bridge event. You do. Yeah. End of March. So let, let's talk about that. <laughs> and then also the next one, because that might be kind of busy. Let's talk about it. I would love to be able to go. So what is something that you feel that you are currently doing well that you would like to do more of or better? Oh, relationship, easy, easy. The hardest thing in the world, the most challenging thing in the world is marriage, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and re-entering the room and opening and uh, when, when my ego wants to close and leading her and even just how our sex is, just everything, just taking that all to another level is to me some of the biggest work I can do on this planet. Right? A lot of times we think it's about more, 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 more numbers, more people. But what if, what if it's about going deep with one person? Mm-hmm. What if it's about truly showing up for this human and seeing what's possible there, right? To, over time, there's certain things you cannot get to without spending deep amounts of time in that space. Mm-hmm. Right? I can go quickly work out, but it won't feel and I won't get to the level that you've been because of your dedication and your, your discipleship when it comes to showing up for your body. Mm. I think you show up for yours too. Okay, what are three things that you are grateful for today? Mm. My son's eye laid on my chest this morning and fell back asleep and he does this little thing like that like he's <laughs> like he's sucking a pacifier but there's no pacifier right. and he's three years old he's like a dude but he laid in my chest and uh it just felt so good so that's one um two uh, this work and the opportunity to be in communion with people like yourself um and three i'm really grateful for my health you know mm-hmm. some people didn't wake up this morning yeah. And some others did, and they're ailing. They're feeling all the feels. And I'm 43 years old, and I'm still pumping. I'm better than I was at 23. So. Which, when you said you were 43, I literally, I don't think I sufficiently st- spent, I think this was before we started yes. the pod itself, but I, I'd like breeze past, and I'm like, no. And then I was like, oh, no, you're being serious. You're actually 43, which is so cool, because we've talked about yes. you feeling more vibrant now. And, uh, well, you look it. So, um Okay, three things that I am grateful for today. Yes. 
One is I'm grateful for sobriety. Uh, an event occurred yesterday and I was actually able to show up and be of service and that was cool. Mm. And that was something that just to be a calm presence in a situation that was elevated was not something I feel like I would have had the ability to do before sobriety for myself as an alcoholic. I am, yes, also grateful for this work and the opportunity to get to connect with individuals like you and just like observe the way that you think. Mm. Uh, that alone is just like, a true gift and then my third gratitude today will be that my boyfriend's mother is on sunday and i'm excited to celebrate that and she's been working out with us lately and it is so cute and she works so hard so i'm grateful for the inspiration i can glean from someone you know well into life that's vibrant and getting better so yes. where can the listener before we do that thank you I think that this is going to be powerful for others. This has been so powerful for me. And for you to take time to come do this thing with me means the world to me. So thank you. Mm -hmm. And where can the listener find you, support you, get coaching from you, show up to one of your workshops? Yeah. I mean, at Preston Smiles on everything, um, but particularly Instagram and YouTube is where I spend the most time. And then PrestonSmiles.com, you can find everything there. Um, or if you know that you want to be at this workshop, uh, it's bridgeexperience.com. Um, regardless, uh, like I said, just the, the biggest gift to me is each of each and every one of us like shining our hearts because mm -hmm. my four kids, I want them to live in a world where they don't have to think about, you know, or be in fear of people hurting or harming them because of their skin color or anything like that. And so our job is to open those hearts. Yeah. All right, guys, that'll all be in the show notes. So if you want more of Preston, which you do, go take a look. And if you enjoyed this episode, I have to ask that you would please rate and review it wherever you are consuming it and share it with someone that you think that it will positively impact. That is my biggest ask. That would mean the world. And other than that, we hope that you have a beautiful day.